It's good to be with you today, and I'm, my heart is full of thanksgiving. I was thrilled this morning as I watched the kids come out of the class. They were all excited. They had their papers, and they were excited about what they had learned back in the back room, and so appreciative of Sherry and Terry for taking on that responsibility. And watching those kids brought a lot of memories back to me. Because I watched these two boys up here go through that very same thing. I watched so much growth in 24 years of time. I've watched the progress and the heartaches and the joys of this congregation. It really hit me as Caitlin came in. She was just a little tiny girl. And all of a sudden now, she's grown. I talked with Frank about what to do this morning. And he told me just to preach. And so that's what I'm going to do. John, you did a good job stating what was felt here this morning. We're going to go on. I sometimes feel that I'm a total failure as a preacher. I feel that sometimes because I see people not interested in Bible class. And I don't know what else to do to convince you that you may lose your soul. And that's what this is all about. We want to go to heaven. We've got to go to heaven. And if you miss heaven, you've missed it all. My mother used to say, you're a worrywart. <laughs> because I could find something to worry about every day. And if I couldn't find something to worry about, I would worry about not worrying about something. <laughs> John read very well the passage over in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, where he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. For wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not, not much more clothe you O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. They take therefore no thought, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. 
sufficient unto the, unto the day is the evil thereof. We have discussed the Sermon on the Mount for quite a while now and will continue to do so but it was pointed out that the kind of character we have to have to enter into the kingdom of heaven and that requires a certain kind of heart a heart that really is looking for righteousness and looking to be pleasing to God and he had told us not to lay up treasure or to lay up treasure, I should say, in heaven, and not to lay it up on earth because it's so transient here. And keep your eye on the good and influence the inner man. That's where the message really is. And make God your master and win over money. And today we're going to overcome worry. How do you overcome? And I want to point out the first way is to have faith in God's providence. Now I'm going to tell you something. There is nobody here in the world that understands God's providence. How he does the things that he does, we do not know. We just know that he takes care of things and things happen. And they happen according to the way that God wants them to happen. And even the bad things that happen turn around to the good for God. He says, in essence, Jesus said, quit worrying. You know, that's easy to say. As I said, I've watched some of you go through your love life. And in that love life, you you worried. You worried whether she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. And worry, worry, worry. And then you get tired of that one and you get rid of her and you worry about whether you want another one. Then worry, worry, worry. So we got worries all around us. Jesus said, and by the way, this word concern or this word really means to be distracted. And this to be distracted means that there is something that is taking your attention off of what your attention should be on. And I think that's, that's the proper way to look at it. And he says, don't get distracted because there are things that are more important than food and clothing and the cares of this life. There's things that we ought to be thinking about that are far more important than these physical things. We worry about our health. We worry about how tall we are, how short we are. We worry about everything. And God says, do you not realize there's something, there's another land, there's a better time, there's a better everything that you can be concentrating upon and you're not making your life so miserable. I want you to see how easy it is to be distracted. In Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 38 through 42, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. 
And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now I'm going to tell you, that fits us today, doesn't it? It fits us when somebody comes to your house that we are so worried about making a good impression and everything's got to be right and here you've got one lazy woman sitting over here and she's talking about the Bible to some with somebody. And she ought to be here helping me do the dinner. But there she is. And we don't realize sometimes that maybe what's happening over here is more important than having the pot roast that maybe we could do just as well with a bologna sandwich. We look all the time at these things and we judge people by what they are doing. And I realize that there are some lazy women that will just sit there and it's not going to be talking Bible. They're just sitting there. I realize that. So I'm not talking about that. I think if you go somewhere, you ought to help. But when it comes to discussing the Bible, if you notice, we used to have Bible classes in people's home. You remember that? And one of the big problems that we had was we were over-concerned about what was going to take place as far as what we're going to serve to everybody, and it became a big burden. And the women say, well, you don't realize what it is. Well, I'm going to say to the women, you don't realize what it is just to have a Bible study. And cookies are fine. And if you don't have the cookies, serve coffee. And if you don't have the coffee, give them water. And if you don't have water, tell them to get the water when they get home. (laughs) We're going to have a Bible study. And you don't need to look at my house because I keep my house clean. But if it doesn't look clean to you, then sit in a place that looks clean and get away from everything that looks dirty. We're going to have a Bible study. And I wish that we could get into that frame of mind with each other that we are here to study the word of God and everything else is really unimportant. Now, if you get that, you've got a lot. And Jesus makes four arguments for not being distracted. He says that life is more important than food and clothing. In Matthew the 625, He says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. In other words, he is saying, and he's not saying at all, don't care about whether you're going to eat, whether you're going to have clothes. He's saying, don't worry about those things. Don't get distracted by those things. Make your main focus spiritual. And if I have a spiritual focus, these other things, have you noticed, take care of themselves. 
How many of you think that if you came and didn't have proper clothing, and I mean you're just so poor, you don't have proper clothing, and you come into the Bible study, that you would go home without any help from the brethren to clothe you? You'd get it. You don't need to worry about those things because... We're here to help each other, not to hurt each other. So as you look at this, he said about the same things in Romans, the 8th chapter in verse 32. He said, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God says, I'm aware of the physical need you have. I have provided for you to have the physical things. But the physical things, I want you to remember in the Old Testament, many of those people were dressed in like toe sacks. You know what a toe sack is, a gunny sack? They were dressed that way. But they were dressed far better than that. They were dressed in righteousness, They had righteousness about them, and it didn't matter about that. I can remember so well when I was a child that I hated, and I still to this day, hate certain wool. Wool that is next to you itches. It scratches you. It makes you feel awful. And sitting in a Pentecostal church next to a fire, I'll tell you, you just, you're miserable and they keep preaching and keep preaching and you keep saying, oh, please shut up, please shut up. And, and you just go through that whole thing. And we get very concerned about these things. I think we need to start remembering who our creator is. God didn't create you and say, I'm not going to take care of you. He created you for a purpose. He created you to serve him, but he also serves you. He is the master and he serves you. And that is having the best master that we can possibly have. He provides life to our bodies. You know, as long as we're here... We love life. I wasn't going to even bring Carolyn up, but she got to a place that she was not living. She was at a place that she was in, not in pain so much. She just didn't know what was going on. And God takes care of that. I called Sandy. You know Sandy Hanline. I called her and said that Carolyn had passed away and she said, thank God. And I thought, oh, what a great, great, great reaction that is. She's rejoicing for Carolyn. He is using, Jesus is using a lesser argument for a greater argument. And God's providence provides for them all. Have you ever seen God's providence in a rearview mirror? I mean, you look back, and at the time you didn't think much about it, but when you look back, you say, man, God must have been working in that. He brought it all together, how you got together. Brother Don Wilson, I heard him say 
and he, he got a new wife. His di- wife died, and he got a new wife, and he said the providence of God had brought him and his wife together. You know, I love that. I love the idea that God puts people together. And when you think about, and I know Frank has told me a lot, God put them together. You got a stubborn guy marrying a stubborn woman. Everybody said, oh, Carolyn wasn't stubborn. She was just as stubborn as could be. Everybody knows that if they know her. And she had a will that she was going to do things no matter what. You're supposed to sit down. She was not going to sit down. She was going to walk. She was going. She's going to church. when She shouldn't be coming to church, but she's going to church. And Frank just had to follow. He didn't think she ought to go. <laughs> In Matthew, the 10th chapter, he says, Behold the fowls of the air. You know what he's saying? Look at the birds. Have you ever stopped and really looked at the birds? I can't remember just how it goes, but we have something hanging in our kitchen. And it talks about why these humans rush about and worry so. And the other one says, two robins, the other one says, I think it's because they don't have any heavenly father like we do. They weren't worried about what they were going to eat. They just got out and worked and went and got it. It was there. You know, my wife, I don't know whether she's killed them or not, but we had hummingbirds coming out here, and she decided it's too much work to go out there and put sugar in there, and that's a woman's work. Everybody knows that. And she started putting lights out there instead. And the hummingbirds are gone. Poor little things. And oh, she'll be ashamed after. He says, they don't even reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Uh, that's a question for you. Are you better than the birds? They're always gathering. Provisions are there. And so this is an argument from the lesser to the greater. You're greater than the birds. Think about you. Think about that when your relationship with God, that he does care about you. In Matthew 10, 29 through 32... Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father which is in heaven. I want you to see what he's saying. He's saying, George, you're important. Now, you may not be important when you're sitting on the moon and looking down here. George doesn't look like much. In fact, you can't even find him. But God says, I have my eye upon you so much 
then I know how many hairs you have on the top of your head. Well, if God knows that about you, why in the world would I worry because we're made in the image of God and Christ died for you? Christ didn't die for the bird. He died for you. That's how important you are. Now look at this other. Can you grow by worrying? People sit down and worry so much about how tall they are, about how short they are. If they're short, they want to be tall. If they're tall, they want to be short. And we sit and we worry and we worry. Oh, I wish I could be like everybody. I wish I could be like them. I can't even reach this jar up here. And I, oh, if I could just, if I could be a little taller. Well, when you're tall, my back hurts. My back hurts because I'm tall. Every way that you go, we're going to worry about something. And God says, you know what? Sit down and worry long enough and you'll get bigger. You're going to get taller if you will worry enough. How many of you have ever solved anything by worrying? It's when you decided to do something and quit worrying that you got something done. And God says, and you know, my wife told me before I preached this sermon, I got, she said, listen to what you're saying. And you know why? Because by nature, I'm a worry wart. Quit it. Calm down. Calm down. You know, I've worried about so many things in the church. I've worried about how do you get growth? What's my teaching? What do I need to do to spice it up? Whatever. And I finally figured out And I figured it out, and then later on, it comes back and I worry again. But I figured out that God didn't tell me to give one bit of growth. He said, you teach it, and I will give the growth. (laughs) Well, God, then it's your responsibility. I will just teach what they're supposed to hear. And I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to let you Take care of that. Now that's a hard thing to get into your mind. Have you ever noticed something people say, you know, I want to get married to that person. And they say, once I get married, I'll change them. (laughs) And usually what happens is they change you. Accept people the way that they are. Don't try to change them. If there's any change, let God make the change in them. Not you. Because if you change them, there's going to be resentment. If God changes, it's glorious. One of the things that getting taller is all about is man is helpless. And so you need to adjust to how God has made you. How many set things, and when I say set things, I mean it's like embedded in rock. How many set things 
Has anybody ever changed by worrying? Not one thing. And worrying about food cannot guarantee you're going to have food tomorrow. You know, remember the Katrina hurricane? And everybody got worried. And it didn't solve one thing. What solved it was people touched, God touched people's heart and they sent to them to take care of the food and clothing. And then he says to consider the lilies. Uh, I was talking to John and I'm going to end on time. But I was talking to John one day and I said, I think he asked me what I liked, thought was the prettiest thing or whatever, or the best thing. And I said, a big field of alfalfa. That's one of the most beautiful sights to me that there is. And being there right after it's cut is the greatest smell in the world. Well, God says, I want you to take a look at the flowers around you. This is what I like about this little kid's class. We're getting back to the basics. Look at the flowers. Look at this. God made this. God made this. God made this. God made this. And they get the idea, what a God. And we as adults, we don't even see it. God says, stop and look at the birds. Stop and look at the flowers. And look how beautiful they are. You know, I'm not going to read this, but remember if we worry, we lack faith. You know, there's something that's pretty common here this morning. There's one thing that we're not worried about. We're not worried where Carolyn's at. Isn't that neat? That is neat. Not to worry about that. So Jesus' summary about this whole thing is quit worrying. And people say, well, how do you quit worrying when you're worried? Well, quit. You don't have to worry anymore. Just quit worrying. And make God's will your number one priority. And number three, don't worry about tomorrow. Do you realize, and I'm going to say something that will take a little bit of thought. Time does not move. Time is stationary. Time is what God put us in. And then the events happen in time. And here we are. The events are going along. And have you noticed how quickly they go? I was riding a bike yesterday. Today I can't ride one. 
work, but recognize that God provides. What if you have nothing to work with? God provides it. And so, when you're looking at all this, I want you to remember, we have a great God. He has given us everything that we need. All we have to do is go out and get it. And if you're too lazy to go out and get it, God said you shouldn't even have it. So go get it. You can do it. And you know, to get clothed right, have Christ on you. If you don't have Christ on you, why not put him on today? Believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because God loved you and sent his Son, repent of your sins and confess that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, be baptized for the remission of sins as you enter into the death of Christ, where he shed his blood. And then, after being baptized, walk in newness of life. Won't you to come while together we stand and sing?